I really hope that as I'm speaking this morning, I don't just start making really weird sounds because of coughing everything up, you know, as in like, you know, congestion and stuff. You know, I'm not, I don't know, that, that sounded a lot weirder as I said it than it sounded in my head. Everyone's, everyone right now is congested, it seems like. Everyone has a head cold or stuffy nose and I, it seems like I've had this going on since November and just can't get rid of it, just can't get dried out. So I'm just talking and sounding congested. Well, last week, okay, this has got to move over. I was driving my OCD up a wall. <laughs> I could not stand to look at that anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's bad. That's, we, we've been doing these renovations on the house, and I'm not a professional carpenter, so <laughs> some of these things aren't as nice as they would be, as they, a professional would do it. And I just know that in five years, my OCD is going to be insane, and I'm just not going to be able to stand that anymore, some of these things that we do. But. So last week, we, we continue, we've been doing this series on spiritual gifts, and last week we actually went through the gifts, and, and went through, so in Corinthians here, this chapter, chapter 12 of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, Paul goes through the different spiritual gifts that he has witnessed pouring out of believers through his ministry. And, and he kind of, he's going through them to the Corinthians because he wants them to know, you know, there's a plethora of them. Speaking in tongues isn't the only gift. Prophecy isn't the only gift. There's a lot of different ways that the Spirit pours out. And it's the same Spirit that inhabits every believer, but it pours out in a, a, a multitude of ways because... When the body comes together, the body has to have diversity within its unity. And that's what we were talking about last week. That, that we are one body who share the same spirit of God within us. But that spirit pours out in a lot of different ways. And if we simply, like the Corinthian church was doing, just look at one spiritual gift and say, this is the best one. And we'll give all the honor to the people that have this spiritual gift. Well, then we're missing the purpose of the diversity of spiritual gifts. Every believer has a different gift so that the church as a whole can minister to the world in a complete way. If we all have the gift of prophecy, well, then we're not going to have the gift of getting that prophecy to the world. If we all have the gift of speaking in tongues, no one's going to know what we're saying because we don't have anyone there to interpret them. So it's important what Paul is identifying is that there's one spirit that pours through the church, through every believer, but that spirit pours out differently in order for the completion of the church to occur for the purpose of expanding the kingdom of God. Now this morning, we're looking a little bit deeper into the why. Why does the spirit pour out from us? What are we to do as we're utilizing? pouring of the Spirit. How are we to utilize this? Essentially, what is our motive? What's the motive for us being attentive about what the Spirit is doing in our lives? What's our motive for being attentive about how the Spirit is pouring out of us into the world? What, what is the agenda that we have? And we're going to be looking at that this morning. And before we do, I'm just going to open us up with a word of prayer, and then, uh, and then we'll dive into Scripture this morning. Father God, as we're opening your word, I just pray that it opens up for us, that it becomes clear, 
that it's understandable, that the Spirit makes your word accessible to us so that we can apply it, so that we know it, so that so we're able to go forth from here and, and do your will because we know your will clearly. Lord, be with us this morning as we study. Be with me as I speak so that it's your words. And, and just empower us with a desire for the Spirit to be at work within us. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. You know, everybody has an agenda for everything. Whether it's something small and simple or something huge. We all do something for a reason, whatever it is. We play a sport because we enjoy that sport. And our motive maybe is to go out and, and have a fun time playing that sport. Or you might play a sport because your motive, your agenda, is that you know you're good at this and it's a great way to maybe someday have your college paid for. Or maybe you play this sport because all of your friends play that sport and you just want to socialize with them. The point is, you know, there's one sport... There's a lot of different people that play that sport, but there might be a different motive for each person doing it. Motive is always different. The team might be the same, the sport might be the same, but each person is doing it for a different reason. Motive is different for everyone. And there's, there's a lot of different areas where motive changes. You know, I, we were talking Wednesday night about about responsibility, about, um, about a, a willingness to be kind and to express that kindness into shows of, into active goodness. So, for example, the, the, the spiritual fruit of kindness is expressed, the internal fruit of kindness is expressed through the active action of goodness. So, if you have this kind and caring disposition, it's not... It's just a disposition until you take that and say, you know, I, I really want to I, help this person out. I, I really want to do this for someone. I really want to, to help my wife with the dishes. Even though I hate doing dishes, I'm going to help her with the dishes because I, I want to be kind and the spirit is working within me to be kind. And I'm going to take that kindness into the action of goodness. You know, that is kindness and goodness. And there, the motivation behind that goodness is that the kindness that is the fruit of the Spirit is pouring out into goodness. Now, unfortunately, we don't always do things with the motivation of the kindness of the fruit of the Spirit is pouring out of, me, out of me and motivating me to do that good thing. And what we talked about was chores. Now, when I was growing up, I had a chore chart. I took out the trash. I uh, brought wood in. There's different areas of the house that I had to clean. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Different chores that I had to do. I, I did my chores. I didn't do them because I felt like being kind and showing goodness to my mother. I did my chores because I was afraid of the wrath that would come upon me if I didn't do my chores. That motivation is different there. I can remember a time where, too, I, I wanted to go to a friend's house and... I knew that my mom wasn't going to, was going to say no. So I wanted to butter her up. And so what did I do? I went out of my way to do all of my chores and a couple extra without her having to get on me and say, do your chores, so that whenever I say, hey, mom, would you mind if I go to, to Eli's house today? She would look at everything that I had done that day, 
out of the kindness of my heart, and she would say yes to letting me go to my friend's house. You know, even though what I did was good and responsible, what was my motive? My motive was selfish. My motive, I'm going to do this so that I get something in return from it. The thing is, there's, there's hidden motives for everything in life. It, it's a key aspect for why we do just about anything. But even when we think we might know someone's motivation for doing something, there, there still might be an ulterior reason behind it. There's always something that, that gets the ball rolling for whatever anyone wants to do. There's always some force that drives us. And the car needs gas in order to propel forward. There is motivation that gets us going. There's a motivation that gets us to do something specific. Now, the same thing is to be said with spiritual gifts believer, the Spirit works through us and gives us gifts. And every single believer has the same gift of salvation, of eternal salvation. But then there's also diversity of how that Spirit works out of us for the purpose of expanding the kingdom, of glorifying God, of, of raising His name, of making new disciples. We each have a different gift in order for the church to do that well. The question is, what are we doing with that gift? Now, we can say that we're using it for the kingdom of God, but there's also other things we might be doing with that gift. And in order to know how we're using the gift, the first thing, and what Paul goes into in chapter 13 of Corinthians, what is our motivation for using the gift? What is the, the underlying motive at work for why we do what we do with the spirit that is outpouring from us? And this is what... Paul is acutely aware of as he's going into this, this chapter 13, as he's moving from spiritual gifts into the topic of love. And, and you might have read this chapter before, or heard this chapter read at a wedding, or you've, you've had this chapter read at vow renewals, or, or I don't know, somewhere that, some Valentine's Dinner or something. 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter of love. And we use it at just about every wedding. We use it all over the place when it's associated with love. But the thing is, this chapter is really in connection to spiritual gifts. It is about love. It describes love. It, it breaks love down. But the reason Paul is doing this is in connection to us understanding spiritual gifts. Because at this time, the Corinthian church, they had these different outpourings of the Spirit, and what they were doing with them was elevating people with certain outpourings. This person speaks in tongues. Okay, they have a greater portion of the Spirit. This person prophesies. So they're almost as good as the people who speak in tongues, but not quite. This person has, has wisdom, has wise words. They, they're able to speak at an intellectual level, so they're almost there to prophecy. And so they this hierarchical system and what was happening is people were using their gifts in order to get higher and higher on the system it wasn't as much for the growth of the church for the building up of the church for the glorifying of God for self and so here's where Paul comes in with the explanation of love verse 1 of chapter 13 if I speak in human or angelic tongues Love, I'm just a noisy gong. 
or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all the faith so that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all of my possessions, if I give over my body in order to boast, but don't have love, I gain nothing. I think if Paul was preaching these words to the Corinthians, he would have finished that sentence and just sat in it. Because here's what the Corinthians were doing. They were taking these spiritual gifts that were pouring out from each believer, and they were using to elevate their personal status. That was what they were concerned with. And what Paul is saying, if you speak in tongues, and you're doing it for the purpose of just speaking in tongues, and making sure that people know that you have this ability to speak in tongues, that you're this great, you're just a noisy dog or a clanging cymbal if you're not using that with the motivation of love. Now imagine that. Imagine hearing that someone who has the spiritual gift of, of speaking in tongues, and, and you do this all the time in, 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 in your assembly of believers, you're, you're Make sure that you speak in tongues at every gathering, whether it's from the Spirit or not. And Paul goes on to say, if you're doing this without the desire of love, without looking to edify and grow the body and express love to God, then all you're doing is making... <laughs> That's just as good as you speaking in tongues. Same purpose. Why don't you just get a gong and start banging around all the time instead of speaking in tongues because you're doing the same exact thing if you're not doing that gift with love. And if you know all the mysteries in the world, if you know every little thing that's going to happen because God has spoken into you through prophecy and you go out of your way to make sure that every single time you see someone, you show them how much knowledge you have, how much gift of prophecy you have, how much ability you have to do wise and no wise things. You go out of your way to do all of this, but you don't have love. You're nothing. You're insignificant. What he would say is Plato and Aristotle, these pillars of philosophers from the Greek world, they knew all these mysteries. They were so wise that 2,000 years, uh, years from their time, we're still using their theories and their mathematical things. And they're nothing. Because they didn't do these things with love. And, and if you give away all of your possessions... If you go out of your way to, to be a martyr, you go out of your way to make sure people see that you are, you're, you're, you're giving yourself over to the faith. But you're doing it without love. It's pointless. And I think about that passage, and I, I reflect back on, on Jesus speaking to the rich young ruler. Do any of you remember that passage where he tells this guy to go, what, what must he do? He, he has obeyed all of the commandments. He's done all these things. What does he have to do to be a follower? And Jesus says, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. And he went away and didn't do it. I think Paul would say, that guy is probably acting a little bit more maturely than someone who is a believer and gives everything away just so that they get looked at rather than doing it because they love others and love God. See, motivation 
is a key to what we do with our gifts. If we aren't using the spiritual gifts that God is working in us, that are outpouring within us, if we're not using those out of love, then we are using them selfishly. We're using them to glorify ourselves. If we give everything we have away, that people look at us and say, he's a really selfless guy, he's giving everything away. And we feel really good about ourselves because people are looking at us doing that out of pride and selfishness. I think Wednesday night, when we were talking about kindness and goodness, we asked the question, how do you know you're truly doing something out of goodness? And the answer was, you're willing to do it anonymously, without anyone knowing that you're doing it. That's how you know you're doing something out of pure love. Everything I have, and I don't want anyone else to know that I'm doing this because I'm just doing it for the sake that I love you. And God told me to do this, and I love him, so I'm doing this, and I don't care. I don't want anyone to know about it. That's when you're using a spiritual gift for love. Or when you speak in tongues, and you're speaking in tongues, and, and, and you're doing it for the sake of everybody here listening to this word that you have from God, to this 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 beautiful piece of worship that you have that is a gift from God, you're doing it so everyone else grows in their faith, grows in their worship, and you're not doing it to elevate yourself. Maybe you do it without anyone even seeing you doing it. That's when you're using your gift for love. And what Paul is saying, church in Corinth, you're using all of these spiritual gifts that you have to make yourselves better. And you're ignoring God to you. And so then what does he do? He says, if you're, if, if, if you're not using these spiritual gifts out of love, then you're using them selfishly. So let me tell you what love is. And he goes through these verses that we use at every single wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now that is a great definition of love. And Paul breaks this down for us. He wants us to know what the attributes of love are so that we're attentive to those attributes pouring out of us while we're using the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And the same way that the Spirit pours out of us through gifts, love should pour out of us as well. And this is what the love that's pouring out of us should look like. But think for a moment the opposite of each attribute of love that he goes over. Love is patient. Now, someone that is using a spiritual gift for themselves, are they going to be patient or impatient? They're going to want people to see them now. They're going to want to grow up, that, run up this hierarchical ladder now. They're not going to be patient with their spiritual gift. They're going to be impatient. They're going to want their, uh, the, the accolades that come along with the spiritual gift right then. Love is kind. A person that's more focused on themselves and using the spiritual gifts for themselves, they're not kind. They're more focused on themselves, not why they're using the spiritual gifts. 
Love does not envy. Someone that is using their gifts for themselves, they're going to look at someone else and constantly, no matter what gift they have, they're going to look at someone else and say, man, I wish I had that. I wish I could speak as that guy. I wish I could speak in tongues. I, I wish I had the gift of prophecy. Someone that is more concerned with their, themselves than they are with loving others is always going to be envious of what others have. If you're using your spiritual gifts out of love, you won't have envy with them. It's not boastful. That's self-explanatory. How often do we do something and we want everyone to know about it? We might just slip it into a conversation. We might not just come into church and outright say, hey, I did this, this, and this. We might a conversation and say, yeah, I did this the other day. Or, yeah, you, you know, I, I'm using this gift. We want people to know we're doing it. But love, if we're doing, using our gifts out of love for God and love for others, we're not going to boast about it because we're just doing it out of love. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. All of those things are things you're using the gifts that God gave you for yourself. Those are the qualities. So what Paul is saying, look at yourself. What's pouring out alongside the spirit that's pouring out of you? Are you envious of other people? Are you seeking yourself as you're doing things for other people? Are you constantly irritable because you, you feel like you're just better than everyone else and no one's wanting to catch up? It just makes you so mad? Are you rude because you think you're better than someone else? Are you boastful about what you've done? Well, then guess what, guys? That spirit that's within you, that is pouring out with you, love is pouring out a long time. You're not using that spirit because you love others and you want to bring them into and help them grow in the knowledge of God. You're not using that spiritual gift because you just love God and want to do what he's calling you to do. You're doing it for yourself. And in order to emphasize how important it is that we use our spiritual gifts not for ourselves, but for the love of God and love of others, he goes on to explain another essential attribute of love. It's eternal. Love never ends. He says prophecies, they'll come to an end. Tongues, they will cease. Knowledge will come to an end. For we know in part. And we prophesy in part. But when perf the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put those childish things aside. For now we... See, only a reflection as in a mirror. But then, and now he's talking about in eternity, we'll see face to face. Now I know in part, but then, in eternity, I will know fully, as I am fully known. Now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. So here's what Paul is saying. The spiritual gifts that are pouring out from us through the Spirit of God, they're here for today. They're here to reveal things to us today that we will know in its fullness and eternity. 
prophesy today because we don't know yet what's coming. We are given knowledge of God today because right now we're living in a reflection of the eternal reality we'll have when we are with God for eternity. We speak in tongues today and it's amazing today because right now not everyone speaks in angelic tongues. Not everyone knows the common language. Not everyone knows everybody's ethnic language. But in eternity, we'll all speak. And what he's saying is all of these different gifts that we have that the Spirit is pouring out of us, they're reflections of what's going to happen in eternity. But love is the one thing that you do now that for all of eternity you will also do then. And that's why if we use a spiritual gift now and we do it without love, we're missing the entire point. Because the Spirit of God is eternal. And that Spirit is going to produce eternal gifts while we reside with God in eternity. We'll all have the eternal knowledge of God. We'll all understand. Our, our faith will be made sight. Our hope will be realized. But our love for God and our love for others remain. And so if we have this spirit that's outpouring within us, this eternal spirit, and, and we're not producing love alongside that spirit, we're contradicting the nature of that spirit. Because just as the spirit of God is eternal within us, so too is our love for others and our love for God. And if those two things don't coincide, that spirit pouring out from us. I want to draw our attention as we close to something Jesus said on this regard in Matthew 22. Matthew, or Jesus was approached by the Pharisees and, and Sadducees during this time, and he was trying, they were trying to trap him and to make him slip up. And they came and they asked him, it says in verse of chapter 22, when the Pharisees heard that he had signed the Sadducees, they came together, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him, Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? If we can get him to say this command is greater, then we can, you know, say, well, what about this commander? What about this command? You can't choose one commander over another, so we're trying to trap him. So what does Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. Second is like it. As yourself. All of the law and the prophets. What Jesus is saying here is, you know, you guys, you Pharisees, you Sadducees, you're so focused on these individual commands and, and sure that we, we don't do anything wrong ethically, that you're missing the purpose of why you're supposed to do what you do. You love God. And in loving God, you're, you will love Him so much that you'll just want to do what He says. And you love others. And when you love others, you'll use the Spirit of God within you to serve them. To bring them into the kingdom of God alongside of you. 
And we can call it prophetic that Jesus made this statement. That the greatest command is to love God, and the second is to love others. Because Jesus obeyed. On the cross, he went to the cross and obeyed the Father fully. He loved God so much that he went to the cross He loved us enough to do it. You know, John in, in his epistle says there's no greater expression in love than this when someone lays down their life for another. Jesus expressed that love for us. And he expressed that love to God submitting to him. Now, the question that we have to ask ourselves is what is our motivation? I asked last week for every one of us to be attentive. What is the Spirit doing through us? What is the Spirit's outpouring like within our lives? What is it that, that we have in our lives that we are acutely aware that the Spirit works in us in this way? And I hope you've thought Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I encourage you to think on that if you haven't. But the question, once you realize this is the way the Spirit works out of me for the purpose of building up the kingdom, for the purpose of growing the church, for the purpose of glorifying God, the question that you ask is, am I doing this out of a love for God and a love for others? Am I using the way the Spirit is pouring out for me because I look at the world and I say, I want to know God. I don't care how messy it is. I don't care how corrupted it is. I don't care what people have done to me. I love the world. I don't want to see them separated from God for all of eternity. So I'm going to use this gift to serve them. And are you looking at the Spirit's outpouring within you and saying... Because you love me so much that you gave me an eternal salvation through your spirit. And so now I'm going to use this spirit outpouring to serve and glorify and love and honor you every single day. Because here's the thing Jesus is the epitome of loving God and loving us. And now the spirit of Christ dwells us and pours out from us and the question is are we going to follow his example and love God and love others with and if this morning you aren't confident that, that spirit is within you then I encourage you to take a look at your life because here's the thing you do not receive that eternal gift of salvation unless the spirit of God dwells within you and so, essentially, this entire message is null and void unless that spirit dwells inside of you. And if that spirit does dwell inside of you, it's important that us as a church takes a look at our lives and say, is that spirit pouring out of me so that I am loving God and loving others with it? I'm going to, to close us in a word of worship, a word of prayer, and then we're going to 
have a song of worship. And I encourage you this morning, if you don't have that spirit residing within you, you have to if you want the gift of salvation. And if you do, ask yourself, what is that spirit doing from me? And what's my motivation for how I am serving God with the Spirit's outpouring? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for loving us, for pouring your Spirit out on the cross, for allowing it to enter into our being, for giving us the gift of eternity, and for continually pouring out of us so that we can serve you and love you and love others, and, and build your kingdom. God, light a fire within us here at Freedom so that we're using the spirit that is within us to do your work out of a love for you, out of a love for the world. Not the world as it exists, but the people of the world that you created, that you love, help us to love them as well. And help us to meditate on the love for us on the extent that you were willing to go because of that love. Thank you, God. In the name that we pray. Amen.